Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Asia Thomas. I am very pleased to have Kamaya and Owen. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. Today, we'll be answering questions about John Cage. Among the most famous works of John Cage, a well-known contemporary composer, is his piece for piano entitled 433. To perform that work, the pianist goes on stage, sits at the piano, opens the keyboard, and remains seated for four minutes and 33 seconds. At the end of that time, the pianist closes the keyboard and leaves the stage. Here are the questions we will be answering. Is 433 a work of art? Is it a piece of music? What if Cage insisted that 433 is a listening experience in which the audience is supposed to hear background noises? Hmm. Would your answer to that last question be different? Suppose that during a recent concert of Cage's works, the pianist hired to perform 433 became ill at the last moment and had to withdraw. Hmm. In desperation, the stage manager himself conducted the work. Would this be a performance of Cage's work still? Would it be a musical performance? Well, now we will begin to answer these questions. So I will start off by saying thank you for having me. I am very honored to be on no, this podcast. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I'm here to have you guys discuss on John Cage and how influential he was to the music yes. industry. Especially. So let's start off by saying, Zaya, question number one will go to you. Who is John Cage? Wow, thanks for asking me because I'm so interested in his work. He's great. John Cage is one of the most influential American composers and music theorists. He was also one of the leading figures in the post-war avant-garde. Wow. Wouldn't you say he's a complete genius that innovated the genre? Because I sure do. I agree. The man's a genius. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, on to question number two. Examine any political or ethical themes present in Cage's compositions and writings. Oh, I'd love to answer that, Owen. I did a lot of research on him, and I found out the political and ethical concerns that underlie John Cage's works and writings are complex and go against accepted ideas of art, authority, and social conventions. Cage promotes cultural pluralism, which is really interesting, and the notion that music may cross barriers and unite people by integrating many musical traditions worldwide in his compositions. He demonstrated this by including components of classical Japanese music in his compositions. And this is according to Yang S. 2021 against John Cage Shock, Rethinking John Cage and the Post-War Avant-Garde in Japan. So yeah, I really enjoyed learning that about him because Ooh. I find Japanese music to be really cool and interesting. Me too, me too. Yeah, same. Mm -hmm. 
I also want to note that music conventions are questioned in 433. It proposes um, silence as a sort of music instead of typical sounds, which is really different. Cage intended for the audience to be attentive to the ordinary sounds that they could usually disregard by having them listen to natural sounds around them of their surroundings during the performance. Wow. He's actually really creative for coming up with this type of art style. I would have never, I would have never thought of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I see exactly where you're going with that mm-hmm. because I completely agree. Right. Same. Yep. Yeah. Well, on to question number three. Let's explore Cage's famous composition, 433, and its place in the history of music, as well as its philosophical implications oh absolutely because i did a lot of exploring um on his philosophical implications and i've noticed because of cage's fascination with zen buddhism and the idea of emptiness 433 has significant significant philosophical significance kyle gan considers that one of the I apologize. We seem to be having a few technical difficulties, but rest assured, we're right here Excuse to me, continue to answer these questions. Woo! Allergies. Sorry about that, folks. Well, let's yes. continue. Child Gan considers. <laughs> Kyle Gann considers that one of the most common effects of 433, possibly the most important and widespread. I'm sorry, you were saying? Was to seduce people into considering as art phenomena that were normally not associated with art. So according to Nothing, Silence, and Noise and Samuel Beckett and John Cage article by Jackson B. Smith, um, this is what I learned when I explored his philosophical significance. Wow. He's seriously such a highly influential and innovative composer. Agreed. He's mm-hmm. he's up there with the best of the best. I'm sure that literally, literally, everyone knows what a legend he is, and is the best of the mm-hmm. best mm-hmm. for innovating in this domain. Yeah, he was very creative. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Um, the man. Yes, I agree. Yeah, he was very. Nobody else, I feel like, in this day and age, has been that spontaneous and bold. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, let's continue on to question number four. Let's um explore John Cage's experiments huh, with multimedia art, as they call it, including mm-hmm. his involvement with the New York Avigrande scene. What can you, you tell me about what? that? Owen, I would love to tell you about that because this is where the music game changed back in his time. Um, nobody was really doing this yet. So Cage was engaged mm-hmm. in collaborations with avant-garde artists, 
so he was networking and he collaborated right. with dancers like Merce Cunningham, making music and dance come together, which was really special. So um, for several of Cunningham's dance recitals, he wrote the music for them, for wow. him. Yeah. So <clears throat> in addition, Cage worked with several other visual artists, uh, most notably Robert Rauschenberg. And their collaboration produced revolutionary works that combine dance, music, and visual art. And that's according to the Britannica, the editors of Encyclopedia, John Cage. Mm-hmm. Right. I just, I feel like his partnership with Cunningham, where music and dance came together, was just nothing short of groundbreaking. It was just oh, amazing. Oh, Amaya, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Beautiful. Absolutely. But okay. Thank you for that wonderful response. And mm-hmm. let's move on to question number five. So let's um study Cage's use of environmental sounds and field recordings in his compositions and their role in expanding the definition of music. Right. And this is where he becomes really creative, actually, Owen. Uh, Cage noted that the white paintings, monochromatic surfaces, unaffected by expressive um, brushstrokes, reflected various variations in light and shadow in the surroundings. These pieces, according to Cage, served as the basis for his famous silent composition, 433, in mm-hmm. 1952. Um, he also used a prepared piano. Um, which he changed the sound of the piano by interspersing the strings with various things like screws or bolts or even rubber pieces um, to record the sounds of people interacting with the natural world. He also employed field recordings. So by combining non-musical instruments, these sounds from urban and rural settings pushed the limits of mm. traditional musical forms back then. And that's according to the well-prepared piano, the Colorado College Music Press. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So impressive. Such It's such a shame that we already lost him. It would have yeah. been such an honor to speak with him and to learn more about these subjects. Oh, yes, I totally agree. agree. But Owen, don't act like you don't know so much about him. I know that you've been hiding things that you do know about him. So do you mind if I ask you any questions? Of course, I don't mind. Please feel free. I'd love to. Okay. Um, Have you investigated how Cage's work paved the way for the development of sound art as as a distinct genre? Well, I, I was waiting for you to ask me that, to be honest. And let me just say this. The composition... 433 by John Cage in particular was a pivotal piece in the emergence of sound art as a separate genre by questioning preconceived concepts of art and music Cage urged listeners to reconsider how they experience sound mm. the emphasis on the ground on the background noises in 433 increased the audience awareness of the auditory experience as a whole. This idea served as the basis for investigation of sound as a separate artwork form at, from conventional music. Wow. I never thought there could be a different way to experience sound when it comes to music. He's Neither did so I. different. Me so either. Different. He, it's like he discovered like a deeper way to just no it's super deep it's super deep it's so profound than what you like would average think about it is something that is a psychological thing like it's deep i agree so 
Yeah. Oh, and did especially now in this generation. Mm -hmm. Oh, exactly. No, for sure. Especially in this generation, we kind of soft in this generation, but that's yeah. Another podcast. Yes. So, um, yeah. Oh, (laughs) and did did John Cage perform this work, or was someone else hired to do that? You know, it's funny that you ask me that because I've been asked this before, Mm -hmm. and this is what I've always told them. In the sense that he was the piece's original creator and performer, John Cage did perform 433. However, Ooh. in the real performance, a pianist performs the act of keeping still at the keyboard for 4 minutes and 33 seconds, while allowing background noises to substitute for the music. It wasn't mm. always Cage who played the piece. Most of the time, he only wrote the music. Wow. Interesting. Can you imagine staying dead silent for four minutes and 33 seconds while you're on stage? I'm sure a few people must have been confused at first. Honestly, I can barely stay silent for two minutes. Right? Listen, four minutes and 33 seconds is a long time. Yeah. And I feel like we know that. Do we? Mm-hmm. Do we know that? It yes. is a long yeah. time to be quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a long time. And the nerves must creep up on you as well. Right, right. Yep. Especially on a stage with so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And someone's as famous as John Cage, too. Right, right, right. right. Incredible. You know? And even if it was somebody else performing it for him, like still having this, and they weren't famous, then it yeah. would still be so awkward sitting there. So nerve-wracking. Yeah. Seconds. But what if even you were, like, upholding John Cage's work? You had to, like... You're right. You're right. Yes. Yeah, you have to it's hold an honor. To a certain... Exactly. It's an honor. Right. Yeah. I agree with you guys. Oh, my gosh. And wow. you can't fumble the bag. It's it's someone... It's, it's John yeah. Cage. It's a lot of pressure. It's, it's a lot John of pressure. John Cage, guys. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. the best of the best. And if you fumble right. the bag, then then it's not even worth it. It's not even worth it. Right. You, know? you only get it like once in a lifetime type of thing. Like he's a genius. I agree. Right. Yeah. So, funny. Owen, have you analyzed the critical reception of Cage's work during his lifetime? And how has it evolved over these years? Certainly. Um. Well, Initially, reviews of Cage's work, especially 433, were innovative and even conventional. Others thought it was just a gimmick or maybe a joke, while others thought it was bold and groundbreaking. The The way that people view John Cage's work has changed throughout time. It is now frequently recognized as a fundamental composition that upended preconceived ideas about art and music. While it became a pillar of 20th century avant-garde and experimental music, the philosophical richness of Cage's work is valued as it is con- it is the conversation it sparked about that constitutes music and art. Mm. That's crazy. He's killing two birds yeah. with one stone. Right. Personally, I feel like it can be considered music and art, too. I agree. Yeah, for sure. 100%. In so many ways, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, th- that's actually my next question for you, Owen. Mm. Is John Cage an artist or a musician? Well, since his work does go beyond the bounds of con- conventional categorization, John Cage can be considered both a musician and mm. an artist. Agreed. He is mostly renowned as a composer 
although his work, like 433, frequently crosses over into conceptual art, Cage belongs to the creative Avogrande because he of his Avogrande approach to music, which includes the elements of chance, interdependency, and the investigation of ambient sound. I'm learning so much about John Cage in this podcast. Uh, He must have been a stand-up guy. I wish I was able to see him work in person, right? Same. Imagine how much his tickets would be. Oh, Oh. (laughs) compared to nowadays and inflation, incredible. Incredible, (laughs) right. Running a hole in my pocket. I can already see it. But you know what? I pay every single penny to go. Right, exactly. He's still influential to this day in 2023. Right. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. true. This is true. Yeah. So, Owen, can you compare John Cage's work with that of um, other avant-garde artists and musicians of his time to identify com- commonalities and distinctions? Certainly, of course, I can. John Cage and other avant-garde musicians and artists of his time, such as Fluxus Movement and experimental composers like Karl Heinz Stockenhausen have a lot in common, a rejection of conventional norms and an emphasis on randomness and interdependency and the dedication to like pushing the frontiers of art and music are common characteristics. Mm -hmm. There are peculiarities, nevertheless, that set Cage apart from some of these contemporaries, such as his exclusive Mm -hmm. concentration on ambient sound and stillness as essential elements of his pieces. Mm, I do appreciate his exclusive concentration on ambient sound and stillness. I do appreciate silence. I do. I must say, especially since you can't have it nowadays. You know, right? Everything's seeking your attention, and but like a moment of silence and peace that always just gets to you. Let's just be quiet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) I feel like we, as a generation, as humans, we don't appreciate silence enough. You know? Right. Right. I feel like as you get older, you do. So now I'm like, yeah. "Mm -hmm." Mm. Yeah. Let's just be quiet sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Owen. Um, I have also another big fan of John Cage, which is Kamaya Daly. And yes, I just yes. want to know, like, if I can ask, uh, ask you a few questions, because I know you know a of lot course. about you. Okay. So tell me, Kamaya, have you explored how John Cage's interest in Zen Buddhism influenced his artistic and musical compositions? Mm. Yes, I have actually. Um, and what I found out was that one of his, one of the most notable ways that um, Zen Buddhism influenced Cage's work is this embrace of silence. And Zen silence and meditation, they're sensual elements. And this is reflected in Cage's famous composition, 433, where the absence of traditional musical sound highlights the ambient sounds in the environment, which invites the audience to engage with the present moment and the sounds that typically go unnoticed. And I feel like Cage's use of silence and ambient sounds reflects his Zen principle of being fully present and attentive. Wow. I agree. Uh, John Cage using Zen Buddhism is actually like, it means a lot to me because I love Mm -hmm. Zen. I love meditation. I love peace. I like 
like classical music like that. I'm not really right. into like the super hard rap. Like I do appreciate a good yeah. music, you know, yoga. Yeah. So I it's like good for the song. soul too. Mm-hmm. It's good for the soul. Mm-hmm. It is good for the soul. It does feed the soul, girl. We know. It do. Yeah, go we know. So Kamaya, yeah, can you analyze the collaborative relationship between John Cage and um the choreographer Merce Cunningham? And also its impact on both the world of music and dance. Yes, I actually found this topic to be more interesting just because of the collaboration and how great it was. And what I found out was that one of the most significant aspects of their collaboration was the independence of music and dance. I feel like Cage and Cunningham believed in the coexistence of these two art forms without one being subservient to the other. You know, like this independence allowed for greater freedom and expression in both fields. It's crazy. I can't even imagine a life without music and dance together. I agree. Yeah, you know, it's almost like he made the world a better place, filled Mm -hmm. with a good time Mm -hmm. and happiness and also the appreciation of silence. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Also, I feel like both Cage and Cunningham were heavily influenced by chance operations. Cage's use of the first chain and interdeterminacy in his composition influenced Cunningham's choreography. The use of chance introduced an element of unpredictability and randomness into their works, which challenged traditional notions of structure and form. His unpredictability is what makes his work so spontaneous and fun. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm wholeheartedly so Kamaya have you examined the cultural and social context in which Cage's work emerged including the impact of World War II which was big and the Cold War as well on his artistic output yes I have actually and the uncertainty and unpredictability of wartime experiences influenced Cage's development of aleatoric music, which involved elements of chance and randomness. His use of the first Qing and other chance operations reflected the chaos of the era of the Cold War and the World War II. And also found out that the Cold War, sorry, the Cold War that followed World War II brought about heightened political tensions, fear of nuclear conflict, and an atmosphere of suspicion. Cage's work often challenged established norms, both in music and society, and can be seen as a response to the prevailing political climate. Wow, that is a political climate. That's yes. crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what an influence this guy was. Um, tell yes. me, Maya, have you researched ever or at all um, how John Cage's ideas and techniques continue still to influence contemporary mm-hmm. artists and musicians? Yes, and when I was researching, I found he he experienced he what's the word he influenced so many artists throughout just our generation and past generations. And I found out that um Cage's famous piece four thirty three, it introduced the concept of silence as a musical element, and this idea shaped the development of ambient music with artists like Brian Eno, popularizing the use of silence and minimalism to create an immersive soundscape. Sounds like he did a lot of networking in his time. He was able to experience different cultures and also work with a lot of great people. Yeah, and I feel like all that added into his music and, you know, the way that he formed everything. Mm -hmm. I agree. Wow. Yeah. Cage's use of graphic and alternative notation systems has influenced contemporary composers and performers to experiment with new ways of representing music. 
Graphic mm-hmm. scores and non-traditional notations are now common in avant-garde and experimental music. Right. Interesting. So yeah. let's answer the these these questions, you know, if we're having right. a case study or anything. Um, so is is 433 a, a work of art to us and is it a piece of music? Absolutely. 100%. Yes, I, it's, I think it's both. Yeah, yeah for both. sure. It is yep. both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's something that goes beyond the dimensions of just something so simple. Like right. Yes. Agreed, Owen. That's a good one. You yeah. agree. Yeah. So how about this? What if Cage insisted that 433 is a listening experience in which the audience is supposed to hear background noises? Would your answer to that last question be different? Mm. I feel like mine wouldn't change. No, That's a good right. question. But yeah, I agree. My, my I answer wouldn't change. I still feel like it's both. Change. It's yeah. still a work of art and it's still music to mm-hmm. me. So Absolutely. suppose yeah. that during a recent concert of Cage's works, the pianist hired to perform 43 became ill at the last moment and had to withdraw. And then in desperation, the stage manager himself conducted the work. Would this mm-hmm. be a performance of Cage's work or would it be a, a musical performance? Absolutely. Oh. It would still be his work. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. Because think... he's the one that created yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people might be confused and be like, no, maybe it is or maybe it isn't. But if he's still the one that wrote it, it's still his work and it's someone else playing off of that. Yeah, that's like if I were to perform, that's like if I were to perform a Drake song, like am I, you know, do I just disregard Drake now because I performed his song? Exactly, like you're honoring him, you're honoring Mm -hmm. him. Right, right. Wow. So I guess that concludes our podcast for today. I want to thank you for joining us so much today, uh, Kamaya and Owen. I really appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Um, This concludes Exploring Art Podcast. So subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast. Um, You can do that either on iTunes, uh, if you have Spotify, or if you prefer SoundCloud or wherever you have podcasts. Mm And thank you for listening. Please join us soon. And remember to stay curious. And before we go, thank you for having us one more time. It was such a privilege to speak to you about John Cage. He is genuinely such an idol to me and inspiration. And he's one of the greats. And I'm sure he's inspired so many people who are listening to this podcast right now and are therefore becoming better at their craft already. So once again, thank you. And to those listening yes, for thank today, you guys for having me. have a great day. Thank you great so much, guys. I had fun. Of course. No problem. Thank you so much.